You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, to this episode seven of Tales with TR. At least, at least, uh, yeah, at least for now, we, we're going to go with Tales with TR. Um, I hope you're all, I'll, t- I'll explain more in a minute. Um, I hope you're all doing well, given the circumstances. Uh, I know it can be frustrating. I'm frustrated. Um, but we got to work together. Now, before I get into any type of podcast here, um, so I want to just tell you guys a story. So first of all, I can't, I'm not going to be able to have guests on the show. Um, and I'll tell you a story why, but I, all I can really do is adapt to that. And I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to roll with the punches and just adapt the show because we got to get on the go. A lot of people need content. Um, a lot of people are going to be bored with nothing to do. And uh, this show has been nothing but inconsistent. And I'm sorry to everybody about that. It's been more technical than anything. But uh, anyway, I'll tell you a story. I'm going to go up and grab a coffee. I'll be right back one sec. And there we are. Um, so first of all, the sound. So I know you can't hear me that well or not ideal i hope that you can hear me at least clearly and um you know like i said the hockey podcast network have been great to me Uh, they sent me actually a mixer and two microphones one of which is expensive It, it just doesn't work and i'm not in the position i can go buy this stuff myself at the moment um i would and and there's really no reason um you know like i said they sent me some Great equipment. It just doesn't work. And I'm pretty confident now that it's it's that this doesn't work. Now, whatever I'm doing with trying to record when a guest comes on, I, I can't really record. Now that's probably me or, or with within my computer. But the technical stuff with the microphone, that it just doesn't work what they sent. So, and again, not nothing against them. They thought it did. They went out and got me a great system. Um, just unfortunate. So I'm I'm literally right now I have my face down by the mouse pad i'm going to do that for an hour if i got to do this for an hour every show fine so you're listening to the stock speak so right now you know to prepare myself these guys went out and got me a nice microphone and mixer two two microphones i went out and bought a computer for a thousand dollars plus okay and i really didn't need any of this um because right now i'm just opening the zoom app that i can use on any computer and i'm speaking into the stock just to the 
microphone that came with. I didn't even see a microphone. I'm speaking into the computer. I listened to one playback and it sounded fairly okay at least. So I'm trying to not move anywhere and I'm trying to just speak at the same consistent level. So if it sounds like I'm underwater, as it did in the first episode a little bit, and it does with the mics, then, well, then, then I just won't put it out there. But I, I think you'll at least be able to hear a clear voice. It's not the best production value, but that's it. So here's the thing, too. So I, I, do, I, I always wanted to do like a radio show or a podcast or whatever it might be, and it never came up. I applied for a few gigs. And I've, the, the broadcasting world's been okay to me. People like having me on as a guest, but I wasn't getting hired um, for one reason or another. I guess you'd have to ask the people that didn't hire me, but there did seem to be an audience that wanted to hear at least what I had to say. Why? I don't fucking know. Maybe, maybe my book. Maybe if my book identifies with people, I'm not sure. And I wouldn't have thought it, but it does seem like there's somewhat of I won't say a demand, but, you know, people want to hear a little bit. It's, you know, probably my buddies and my family. I really don't know how many, but when we started with Third, Third Man In last January, we got it up within, you know, during that year, say I was on Third Man In for about a year, helped start it up with Mike Hickey and we had Charles Pickett. So um, there were there were weeks that, you know, I went through, we had Jim Cuddy as a guest right near the front. We had Aaron Ashton, we had Ken Reed. Um, we had Ron McLean. So like, these are my buddies and I was getting them on there, but you know, and they were long, hour long chronological kind of journeys through their careers. I encourage you to go back and listen. I have nothing against the third man in guys. Um, it's just during that consistency, we were putting out at least one a week and people could kind of just, you know, look at any Avenue, I, you know, podcast or Podbean or, or Spotify or Apple Tunes, whatever it might be, and they would get third man in. Now, since I left, um, and it, you know, I went through why it wasn't exactly what I wanted, um, and I needed, I, I, you know, Mike had the studio, so like it got a bit, as I got busier, having to go to his studio all the time was a little bit trying on all of us. We, we couldn't really put out consistent episodes with all of us being there. And it wasn't exactly what I wanted. From the beginning, I wanted to talk and I wanted to have a guest. So that being said, so I left Third Man In and there were weeks that we were in the top 10 in Canada. So we did have a following. Now, in that time, you know, I left when in, towards the end of last year to pursue this really. Now, in that transition, I think I lost some people because Tales with Tierra hasn't really been consistent. I've just kind of put one out when I can. I think the first one came out in November. Where are we now? The end of March almost. And I've got six episodes in. So, and I haven't been able to get a guest because at first I was relying on Mike Hickey again with Third Man in to open his doors and just let me use his studio for Tales with Tierra. I didn't want to rely on him anymore. I didn't think that was being fair. Um, so I called the guys at third man or at hockey podcast network where you're listening to this right now. And I said, you know, I'll go out and get the computer. However, you can help me out. If I need a computer, then I can figure it out and I can do it from anywhere. So I can kind of take a mobile, uh, you know, an on the go kind of studio with me. Now that was the goal, right? So I went out and bought the computer on borrowed money. Um, they sent me great 
mixer with mics and everything, and neither one of it really works. So, first of all, does anybody want to buy a computer? Because <laughs> I can do this on my old laptop. And if this if this sounds at least okay, then we'll just go ahead with this. So, I think we lost. I lost a lot of listeners making the transition, and I think I've lost even more because it's not consistent. And now we're not going to be able to have guests. So my goal, at, like I said, was me. I wanted to have myself and I wanted to have a guest and I wanted to talk and tell stories, hence Tales with Tiara. So we're going to change that up because I want consistency now more than anything. This is very aggravating to me and everybody else involved. So I want consistency. So the only thing I can think is that if this actually works, now again, I'm keeping my, my nose is about four inches from the computer's mic or what I think. I'm not moving around. It's actually, it's, it, it actually is pretty um, uncomfortable, but in any case, I'm trying to make it as consistent as I can. So if this sound works, then we're not gonna have a guest. Um, and I'm just gonna do it a la Bill Burr. If you've ever heard the Bill Burr's uh, Monday morning, just before Friday, Thursday morning podcast, whatever it is. He has an interesting one. He doesn't have many guests. I don't wanna do it this way, but this is really my only options. I need, I wanna put, I wanna have a consistent show. So I'm not ruling out every once in a while, someone can probably come by and do what I'm doing now. If I have someone in studio, which means in my shitty apartment, then, you know, fine. So I'm not going to say there's never guests, but I need consistency. Again, it's not what I want. I apologize, but I'll just put these out and hopefully straggle up a few people that want to listen to the ramblings of a first round nothing. And I'm going on and on again, but I just want to have something consistent. So as long as we're on the same page, and I'm pretty sure that half of you just hung up and aren't going to come back or tuned out and aren't going to come back. But for those of you that stuck around, um, there, I'm going to try to tell a story per episode. For me, those can go a long time. I'm going to maybe tell a story about a uh, song or something or a poem or something that I learned with my shitty folklore degree. And um, I'm going to ramble a little bit. So there you have it. So here's my shitty podcast um, with tales that I will conjure up with my shitty career and my shitty folklore degree. And I'm doing it from my shitty studio in my shitty apartment. Now, we're on the same page. Ladies and gents, let's proceed with Tales with TR. I'll be right back once again. So, before I tell a story, I want to stay relevant, obviously, not for the purposes of interesting content, so much as, like, really, I hope people listen, or someone's listening, and you spread the message better than people are, or, yeah, better than people are trying to prevent the spread of this disease. So, a couple of things. First of all, the last few days, you know, we've all been to the grocery store once or twice. Most of us. What did I do with that coffee? Um, in any case, most of us have been, yeah, to the grocery store. So it's one thing for no toilet paper to be there. And, you know, that's monkey see, monkey do. I, I've wondered about this from day one. I've listened to the Joe Rogan podcast. I've, I've 
it's hard to hear Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, the astrophysicist, uh, well, Jordan Peterson, uh, the, the, the podcasts I normally listen to, um, the, the sports podcasts, um, which are all kind of changing format now. But point is, I'm trying to absorb as much knowledge as I can about it. And the toilet paper really is blows me away because no one ever said they're going to shut down grocery stores, let alone shut down the supply of toilet paper. And so many other things can double as toilet paper, paper towel, Kleenex, whatever it might be, rags. So for all the things that people went out and pillaged and hoarded, I'm surprised, A, that it's toilet paper first and foremost. Um, and second of all, when you sit back and think about this, we all have to work together, right? We can agree on that, that we all have to work together. If it's a team, this is the time to sack up. This is when you go into the playoffs, and this is when you need each guy to have your back, or girl, of course, if you're, on, uh, if you're a female and you're on a girl's team. So, you know, it's, if, if you were going into the playoffs and you looked at the boys and you'd say, you know, this is gut check time. This is when the man, men are men and boys are boys. And you'd mean that. And you'd look at the next guy and you would expect someone to have your back. Maybe it's the end of the game and the goalie got a shutout on the go and you block a shot for him or her. Uh, maybe it's late in the game and you get cheap shotted and a guy jumps in and fights the cheap shot artist for you or girl. Well, actually, fighting is only on the men's side. So, but whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to stop saying or girl to all this to be politically correct. My, in my world, I play with men, so I'm going to go with that. But good luck to all the women. And this goes for you guys too. Um, but yeah, you know, you find out when someone got your back and, you know, and especially playoffs in most leagues, you know, you get paid less, if at all, you know, you're, 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 you know, that the fans are going to be on you in the, in the other team's building, you know, that, and there's going to be more of them, you know, that uh, you're going to be getting shit. You're going to hear more chirps, you know, guys are going to be harder on you. You're going to get more sticks in the ribs. Um, you know, there's going to be more everything, uh, except you've got to, but not accept. Yeah. And so you have to face that like, and, and again, I'm, I don't want to downplay war. I really don't. And I hate it when people say, you know, we're going to war. It's the trenches. It's not. My grandfather lost his arm on the HMS bulldog at, at actual war. Okay. So I'm not saying that, but it is, there is a, there are parallels, right? So, and, and I've, I'm saying this because people have called me out on it and they've been right. But when I say warriors, sports warriors are a little bit different. There are people you can't tell me Patrice Bergeron is not a sports warrior. Um, you know, but through playing through those injuries, you can't say that a guy like Alex Ovechkin that's built like that for all these years, takes pride in his body, has that cannon of a shot, will hit you, will block a shot, has won the Stanley Cup with a C on his jersey. You know, you can't say he's not a warrior, sports warrior too. Now, who knows what would happen when guns get involved in other countries and war. And that's all a totally different thing. And I don't agree with most of it, but I totally respect being don't agree being that politicians start them and don't finish them um people losing their lives are often innocent uh but you know we're humans and human history has called for war many times and i don't know what i would do if um something like world war ii of course i would join and i would risk my life in a heartbeat because you don't want a tyrant like that taking over the world and you don't want the world values to change to the point um you know to to Nazi culture or anything else. So I'm just pointing out that some wars are worth fighting. Then you can get Vietnam and other ones and you know, blah, 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 blah. We could talk about 
wars through the ages, and not all of them were necessary. So when people ask me my outlook on war, it kind of changes. It's like a judgment call, right? Place to place, time to time, setting to setting. Now I'm getting away from it, though. So anyway, this is when we find out who the fucking soldiers are, who the teammates are, who the warriors, who the teammates are, okay? So anyway, I'm going through the grocery store, right? And first of all, like, I, I know people, anyway, I, I, I won't go where I was going to go. I will later. Remind me. Wink, nod. Puff of a joint. Now, one sec. So, actually, I recommend those those vapor uh, sticks. You can get them online. Um, no weeds legal here in Canada, at least. I don't know where you're listening from, but um, these vapor pens uh, are awesome. I highly recommend them. Getting back to it. So what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, God. Now I'm going to have to stop this in the meeting. Go back. Of course, because I just had a puff. I had a puff just then when I got up, went outside and had a puff, and I also off from my vapor pen and maybe i'm too stoned um oh oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah so i'm in the grocery store right now just for example there's lots of these people but the guy in front of me he's got about well first of all he's got two cards because he's there with his wife and everything that he needed right being that this guy was an unhealthy looking fuck and i'll put it that way uh that that's immune system is going to be screwed if this uh virus comes anywhere near them because people are only talking about old, but they're not talking about unhealthy. This is an immune system thing, guys. So most people, yes, that are old, when their immune system starts letting them down a little bit, you know, with age as is normal. Yeah, that's why the age is high, that people are, the average is high. But North America is a different animal than all those other places, I'm telling you. And our immune systems, a lot of people, we have the worst diet, we have the worst obesity rate, we have a lot of smokers. Right. Um, so if you're all of the above, you know, you really got to watch it and not trying to panic. I'm just saying. Anyway, these people were candidates. I know from I could hear them talking and he was all of the above and his wife. So they're loaded up. They got like 20 bags of chips at least. They got a carton of two liters in both carts. Um, they got under, you know, whatever, the like 12 or 15 pack, two liters um, and just act with food. Now, you know, I guess it doesn't really matter what kind of food. I'm just saying it's funny that, you know, and he's shooting his mouth off and this guy sneezes. I'm not kidding. I'm not fucking kidding. He sneezes. Now the lineups are going right back. So, you know, ne near the, the checkout, they put last minute purchase kind of things, those Smarties, M&Ms, whatever you see, like can openers, things you might have forgotten to get in the store. So anyway, there's like can openers and spatulas and things like around it. And this motherfucker, he sneezes, first of all, into his hand. He wipes it on his jacket as he's blabbing, saying, and he says, you know, this, this coronavirus is a joke anyway. So he's got no, so, okay, so he thinks it's a joke, so he can sneeze into his hand. Then he starts handling the kitchenware, and he puts back his spatula. And I'm like, do you, I, honestly, I, I, 
I didn't, I didn't know what to say. I didn't, so I, I'm not going to say I called him out on it and, and, and told him to go fuck himself or anything. I wanted to, but I just kind of brought it up. Now he didn't have an answer. All he, all he said for me, he said, bye. They're making a big deal. They want everybody to panic by the government probably uh, planted it. Look, if that's so ridiculous, but we, we can't live as a society assuming any of that. So let go of your conspiracy theories because it's not going to help anybody. It's not going to help anybody sneezing into your hand. It's not going to help anybody. The point of this was buying up all the fucking groceries. Now that guy's a fucking piece of shit. And the, and the, the girl there, I'm assuming his wife, ignorant. And they might all talk about patriot, patriotism and, you know, but he was there, uh, you know, it's just the type of people, you know, support the troops and everything else. Meanwhile, you're going in there and you know that there's people and a lot of them are, are really, really in need. A lot of them are elderly and can't get out of the house right now. And you're going to go in there, you big fat fuck, and clean up all those shelves full of everything that you need for the next fucking six months, right? Rather than work together. And that's selfish. And that's not a team thing. And you let everybody fucking down, those kind of people. And that's what pisses me off. And a lot of people, this is when people step up, right? You see right now, that's why I often say, like, the people, I, I, by the time you get to junior A or, you know, by the time you get to junior, if you're still playing, you know, you, even if it's junior B, you know, you got to live by that kind of rule. You sacrifice for the team. You know, people that don't do that drop out in peewee and bantam and shit, right? Or they, you know, no, I, I can't come to the game because my girlfriend's calling. We, we got dinner and shit. Well, fine. Fine if that's the case because that is real life. But if you want to keep being a hockey player, you know, you got to last. If you're in junior, you know, and by the very least, at, at, then those rungs, that junior B, whatever, you got to, they might give you a little bit of leeway, right? The best player on the team. Okay, maybe here's a little bit of leeway, right? Maybe maybe you can have curfew late tonight. Maybe we don't have a curfew. We're, we're junior B. Um you know, maybe you can be a little bit selfish out there and we're going to let go. And junior A changes a little bit, right? Everybody's a little bit more perfect. By major junior, get that fucking shit out of here, right? You see one fucking guy being a, being a selfish, that'll be the last fucking time you see it, right? You go back down to junior A and you learn. And when you get to the American League or East Coast League or, or the NHL, then it's real strict. So what I'm saying is that the, the further you go up, guys might look half selfish. The one that I can think of in my mind that ever it was Alexei Yashin, right? I just, he was really talented. I don't know if it's just my, you know, he was in Ottawa when I was in Montreal and I watched him play a lot because I sat out every game or I didn't get a shift, which, which is fine. That's, that's another story. There was lots of games I put on my gear and sat on the bench, didn't get a shift. Some of those were, were against Ottawa. And it's just to me, Yashin had so much talent, but he didn't throw a hit. He didn't seem to give a shit. He wouldn't block a shot. No one likes that stuff, but I mean, you do it as, and so he was captain. And maybe where he was captain, it really stood out to me. But but the point being, even Alexi Yashin had to go through some sort of checks and balances on the way there. And he couldn't get by if he was like that in Bantam. I don't care how good you are. You can't be selfish. Hockey's not a game. Maybe in basketball, right? It still helps if you're not selfish, but you can get away with, a, a, but James Harden is a great player. He doesn't fucking pass the ball. You'd have no problems if you were on his team with the coronavirus because you're not getting the ball anyway. But he doesn't play much defense. His, his idea is, and you know, we're going to beat you. I, I'm going to get 60 points, and the guy I'm guarding is going to get 45, right? And and we're going to win, which is fair enough. I guess you can be so, but, but that's that's basketball. 
you know, think of the greatest players ever. Think of Wayne Gretzky, right? Who, who would come to mind? It could be my opinion or, or you could be completely on the other side of the fence. But agree or disagree, whoever it is, Crosby, right? Is that your favorite? Mario Lemieux, Gordy Howe, Bobby Orr, Wayne Gretzky? Now, all these players could have been selfish, right? They could have been total one-trick ponies. They could have been, I can score. I can. Or shouldn't say one-trick ponies, but um, they could be selfish. They could probably be some of the best of all time. And what do they all have in common? They're unbelievably humble. And I should go back and say this about Michael Jordan, too, and Will Chamberlain. There was parts of them that were cocky like a prize fighter almost, but they were team guys. Totally. You know, but by cocky, I mean like Chamberlain talking about the women he slept with over a thousand, ten thousand, did he say? Uh, and, you know, he had a hundred points. So clearly he wasn't passing it much that night. He had a hundred point game, I think. Um, Jordan, all those championships. But when you ask them all at the end of the game or, or about their team, they, they would always deflect it. They would project all their success onto their team. Right. And these are the best. So if Wayne Gretzky thought like that, what did Darren Langdon from Deer Lake think? right? That was coming from the Maritime Junior League that had a quick ascent to the NHL. Well, when Darren met Wayne Gretzky, and you see Wayne Gretzky's not selfish. I'm, I'm not saying that Langer was. I'm just giving you an example. What it's like for guys like me when you come into the National Hockey League. One of the first things, when I was first actually there at 18, Mike Keane was the captain. Um, and, you know, I, I just had camp, but it was great because my camp was extended for three or four weeks. I went there right after the draft. So I spent two or three months in Montreal right off the bat. I stayed with Patrick Waugh for a couple nights. I'll never forget he had a roller hockey rink in his basement. Celine Dion lived on his, on his cul-de-sac and she was out mowing the lawn on her ride along mower. I swear to God, that's the first thing I remember about Montreal. I, I stayed at the Shadow Champlain, which was right next to, um, no, I stayed at the Manoir Le Moyne, uh, Manoir Le Moyne, maybe how you say it in French. And it was right next to the Montreal Forum. And um, it was Sakukoivu's first camp, I think. He was a couple of years older, but they were kind of waiting on his arrival. So it took a little bit of the pressure off me as their first round pick in Montreal because uh, they were waiting on the arrival of Saku, um, which justifiably, he was a great person and a great player. But anyway, yeah, Mike Keane was still there. And uh, he was great to me. And, you know, the, honest, honestly, one of the first things uh, I've told a story about, about my first exhibition game and meeting Mark Recchi. And, and I guess I can get into that. I was going to tell a story today, so I'll refer to that one later. But the boys were great to me. And Mike Keane, he wouldn't even really remember this because he was such a great captain. He was good with everybody. But he told me, I remember him telling me, he said, Montreal is a different animal and you're going to get interviewed a lot. And he's like, you know, you're, you're representing us and you're representing the Habs, which are a very prestigious organization, as everybody knows. And you're representing, uh, you know, your family and you're representing. And I'll never forget that either. A couple of years later, Craig Reve, who ended up being captain. Now, he was like me. He was a rookie at the time. But he told me, he said, you know, you're representing Newfoundland. So now all of all the rest of us get drafted from a province that it's not a big deal to, to, to make pro hockey. But from your angle, and it was right. So. I was representing a lot of things. I had to learn to be professional. Imagine with my personality too, right? I'm a fucking wingnut. So honestly, I know it's going to sound silly, but I found that hard at the beginning to be professional. It, some of being professional is just like not going to the, uh, the, the, the shooter bar and ordering, um, you know, dollar beer at the time at the, uh, 
college campus and shit like that. I mean, they wanted us to have fun, but it was like, you know, if, if you're going to dress or, or what you, what you dress, you know, it's where you eat, what we, it's not all how you act. Cause I always was going to go off. I was always going to be singing on stage or doing something. They didn't want your personality to be taken away, but there was a level of professionalism about it. So, you know, yeah, I remember uh, Vincent Damfus too. You know, I came, uh, or Lyle Odeline. My first exhibition game, guys, honestly, I was wearing a tip-top tailor suit. It was gray. And because uh, I wore it in junior, right? I thought it was fine. And uh, snakeskin cowboy boots on under it. And I had like a suit. And I think my tie was a Mickey Mouse tie. I swear to you. Um, and it all went together and it was a suit. But Odeline said, same thing he came in. He says, you know, you're representing the Habs now. And I never, it, the next the next exhibition game I came in, I, and my in my stall hanging was a brand new, I still have it, black Hugo Boss suit with brand new, still got them, Hugo Boss shoes. It was awesome. And um, he said, you're on your own for the suit, for the shirt and tie. They, they, oh, he bought me. It was like a $2,000 at least suit at the time. And um, anyway, I really appreciate that. But that's where it came from. He wasn't necessarily saying tip top sucks, right? I've gotten stuff since at tip top. But while you are, re while you are representing the Montreal Canadiens kid, when we go on the road, when we're getting on that flight next week to go to Anaheim, you wear, wear your fucking Hugo Boss. Right, save your tip-top shit for your weddings for your 21-year-olds at home in Newfoundland, or whatever. There was no one getting married. My age in Newfoundland at the time, my buddies got married later on. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. Wear it at home. Wear it in Newfoundland. Not again. Not that New. He wasn't shitting on Newfoundland. I could have been from anywhere. What he was saying is that there's a prestige. You be clean-shaven. Don't wear a fucking ball hat when we go on. You know you, you, you know you're gonna bring a a carry-on bag onto the plane okay well here it's going to be this leather one not your fucking memorial university uh backpack right which was exactly what i was using but anyway so there's there's a level of man do i ever fucking digress that was a story in itself within another story which was within the first story but anyway, you get it, right? There's people, there's a level of professionalism and you learn that. And that's one thing I often say, man, the hockey, the, the dressing room mirrors the, the, the reality of the everyday grind. It's right in my book. But, you know, the people that are professional and leaders and say what you want, you pick any of any of your NHL heroes or lack of or even guys like Brad Marchand, who you might not like, but I bet you. I bet you that when he's with his teammates, well, I know so, but when he's with his teammates and, you know, there's that warrior in him. Is he a little off the world? You're going to be off the wall. There's going to be different personalities. I don't, I don't particularly like lots of his personality. But what I'm saying is that he's playing for the Boston Bruins and he's wearing a letter. It's not all what we see in the public. He's a leader, trust me. And, and some of his teammates, um, not some, I would bet all of them would go to bat for him in a heartbeat. Um, oh, there's my phone. Let's see who this might be. Okay, sorry about that. Um, and I'm not, my production skills aren't savvy enough that I can just press rewind and take that out so you're stuck with it, but whatever. Whatever, if you've, honestly, if you've chose after, after this intro to this show, 
if you're still listening, hmm, I was going to say I'll send you a signed hockey card. That's how little people I think are actually listening to this right now. What momentum I had. Yeah, it, it, it evaporated, I assume. The only people that can really even know that this is coming out are the people that follow me on Instagram or I guess the Hockey Podcast Network that is fairly far reaching. But it's not like, you know, it used to be um, that you just, it should be that you just tune in on a, on a Monday or, or you just open up here, like I do with Spitting Chicklets or the Bill Burr Show or uh, what are some other, I'll recommend some podcasts to you guys now. Uh, How It Began with Brad Harris, unbelievable. They're all over now, but it's like 12 or 13 um, stories about 40 to um, minutes to an hour long about how, like, say, the birth of coffee and how the English language get the computers and metals. It's really interesting. Even if you're not into it, go to the Brad Harris podcast. I got no reason to say this. I'm not affiliate. I actually honestly sent this guy a message because I love it so much. And it got me through a lot of tough times uh, two years ago in uh, England, actually. It was uh, weather-wise. Sometimes um, we're snowed in for a month or three weeks filming Frontier, but that's another story. And that was wild. I was in a castle with Jason Momoa that entire time. And my best buddy, Jeremy Charles, made an appearance in the show. It was awesome. Mm. But anyway, um, yeah, so, so that's an awesome. And I'd, I'd start with coffee. Dude, what coffee? And I'd start with coffee and the printing press. How it began with Brad Harris. I was blown away at how important coffee, A, and the printing press, and one almost led to another. You'd never be able to connect those dots. I couldn't. Um, but around that time, from there, the Renaissance and all those things. But you'll have to read this or, or listen to it because it's phenomenal. Um, what else? I'm, I'm not going to say the obvious. I guess I will, like Overdrive and Hockey Central and Spitting Chicklets, but those are all either on hold or chasing format. Uh, but because you know, I listen to those. But outside the box, historical figures is awesome. I just listened to the, the one on Genghis Khan. Oh man, I mean this guy. First of all, I thought I, I say first of all too much, and I say um, you know too much. I got to change those if I ever want to move on and broadcast or be in the broadcast world anywhere else. But um, Genghis Khan wasn't as bad a guy as I thought. Uh, just the name alone to me was one, before I knew much about him, was one rung lower than like Satan. Like I thought he was like Hitler. Like I thought he was, but I, in Mongolia, not, not everywhere at the time, you know, he was a Mongolian and he was pissed off. He had his reasons kind of, he was motivated early on by some shitty things that happened to him. But Genghis Khan found himself and what he would do, he would give you an opportunity. And if he was, if he was going to invade a town, for example, if you joined him, he'd treat you really well. He'd set you up. And he would also, which, which was rare at the time. Some people would just rape, pillage, kill. He wasn't. And not only that, now, if you didn't agree to go with him, he'd kill you. So, I mean, we're, we're not talking about Mother Teresa here. It would, he's still a bit of a prick, a murderous prick. But he would give you an opportunity. And not only that, he was one of the only, what would you call it, general leader, I don't know, um, at the time, that took care of people when the soldiers would die. So let's say my family 
you know, he wanted me to join um, his team, his military, his army, I guess. Yeah, so if I did and I died, then he would take care of your, your wife and your kids, should you have them, um, which blew me away. At the time, I mean, people aren't, it's a hard deal now. A lot of, um, you know, a lot of ex-soldiers come back with PTSD and everything else, and they still aren't taken care of the right way, at least. I think Canada a little bit better than the States. The States is a real shit show. Um, judging by, you know, the friends that I've met there and the stories that they tell me. But, so to do it at the time, you know, we're talking, I think, 12, 1300. It was around there, around. I could be off by 50 years, but it's around there. But anyway, yeah. Now, now I'm talking about fucking Genghis Khan for the last five minutes. How to lose, how to lose more listeners on a hockey pot. My goal of the last year is just how do I get it down to no listeners? How do I have just me and one other person? And it'll be like the descendants of Genghis Khan. And we're just going to go and talk about, uh, yeah. Welcome to Human Evolution and Wartime Stories with Terry Ryan. Anyway, um, what else? So anyway, that's where it all, I, I just think, and the, this, this thing with the coronavirus, you can go on Facebook. This is what I meant to do earlier. Man, do I digress a lot. Well, you can go on there and you can really see what people are made of because some people are willing to help others and offering help whenever they can. And I don't just mean physical help. I mean like teachers putting on online courses, artists um, going live on Instagram, maybe paint along with them, whatever it might be. There are little ways that people are helping. And then there's other motherfuckers that are spreading hate now, I've got my friend list on Facebook is maxed out. It's at 5,000. And I don't know most of them, right? Because I don't say no, like someone asked me for the most part. So if you've asked me, if you're listening to this, you've asked me to be a Facebook friend. If you're not, it's because I can't fit anybody else. Now, I, I would have gone about this differently had I known years ago. But most of them are either Frontier fans. I get a lot of Momoa fans too, right? Because I was his personal assistant for a little bit. And we worked together, but on Frontier, but a lot of people see that. And I don't, it, Momoa has like 30 million Instagram followers or something. So if I get like 0.5% of them that see me in a film with him and want to converse or whatever, and same thing with the Habs, right? A lot of people are just Montreal Canadians, diehards, and I'm just a Canadian, which, which of course I'm glad to be accepted as that, but you know, there's not much personal connection between me and a lot of people that are actually my friends on Facebook maybe a thousand of them. So there's probably 4,000 people on mine. I don't even know who they are. I don't know what's happening. Right. And then a lot of them are sending me messages and they get disguised in with, or they blend in with my actual friends. So that's the other thing. If you send me a Facebook message, I likely won't get it because it takes me, I mean, I might, sometimes I get up on a Sunday and I'll go through and I'll filter through them, but there's so many and most of them, I don't know who, who the people are. So it's tough. Um, but, tough imagine me saying it's tough in these times no it's not tough facebook's not tough but anyway so a lot of people um you know their posts are coming up and this classic one i almost want to bring it up on my phone what an embarrassment um and it's hold on now give me a second give me a second so more than one person are putting this up so i'm reading this verbatim from one of my Facebook friends, 
again, I, I haven't seen this guy in a long time. We were acquaintances a long time ago. I don't have anything against him. He seems like a good guy other than this. I think I, I just think a lot of people aren't just, they literally, either they're not informed or they're simply not smart enough to realize that this is fear-mongering. But, so he says, ran across this post today. Not sure how real it is, but I read it and it makes you go, hmm, right? I'm not sure how real it is, but I'm going to pass it on to all you people to spread panic and fear. This is so fucking irresponsible. So that's it. Again, ran across this post today. Not sure how real it is, but I read it and it makes you go, hmm, well, fuck. Not sure how real it is. I could write a lot of shit that makes you go, hmm, if it's fake. Mickey Mouse just fucked Marge Simpson last night. How's that? Hmm. How does one cartoon fuck another? Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. But it makes you go, hmm, if I say it, doesn't it? You stupid fuck. And it opens up. The, the actual thing opens up this morning at 4.30 a.m. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was cr served a criminal indictment, yada, 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 about his involvement in the coronavirus. Then it says Tom Hanks was arrested for pedophilia. That's why he's in Australia. And on and on and on. This goes on. Like, those are just two things. Jeffrey Epstein was a big joke. It's a fake. President Trump will win. Other people will get arrested. It's just bullshit. Anyway, it goes on and on and on. Welcome to the Great Awakening at the end. What's about to happen this summer will fall and change the world's history. Now, this fucking guy decides to put that out there. And again, he says, I'm not sure how real it is, but I read it all and makes you go, hmm. So now I'm going to put it out to all you fucking thousands of people. And maybe they'll share it, which has been happening. And then you get a little part of the population that's fucking panicked and feared and scared. Now, people say don't panic. Well, I think this is the definition of panic. There's good panic and bad panic, but this is panic. If I can't go to the fucking bar and have a beer, if I can't go to the, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying if kids can't go to school, if it's canceled, if the National Hockey League, if the NBA is canceled, if the Olympics might be canceled, right? If I can't go into McDonald's, and sit down, if that's all canceled, if you can't have people with 10 or more, and this is the beginning, that's panic. What's panic then? Tell me what is panic? The world is shut down now. Is that not panic? But it's good panic. Sometimes you need panic. You want me to relate it to hockey? Sometimes when you're going into overtime, you know what? And a guy is a fucking, it's a one-on-one, -on -one, and that defenseman is the last you got, and it's game seven, then I hope that defenseman fucking panics. In a good way. Now you can get the puck and throw it on somebody else and you can panic irresponsibly. Or you can just get the fucking thing and get it out of your zone immediately. Panic, 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 get it, shove, shove it off the boards, whatever you got to do. There's five seconds left. Get it out. Right? Sometimes the only resort is to panic. Well, you know, in my mind, and maybe, 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 I'll go back on that a little bit because, you know, you want to say that you're logical decisions, but I mean, and they are, and and, and, and and you know, but there's but there's a level of panic to it. But we can all be smart as we take these drastic measures. But I'm telling you, that's not going to save anybody. Putting that shit out there, how irresponsible at this time. I mean, it's really irresponsible. And Facebook isn't filtered. There's kids on there and everything. And if I was, and when I say kid, like anybody even half young, if I was 20 years old, man, I wouldn't want fucking, it'd just give me no faith.
and we need the young people now. This is what we need. We don't need to be spreading that fucking shit. And that was just one email. There's all kinds of other things going on. I mean, fucking everything, right? Like everything. Louis C.K. is the Antichrist and shit. Like, you know, it's just a lot of poison, contagious poison. Don't need any of that. So if you're doing it, fuck off. If you go to the fucking store, get enough for yourself. I'm not saying like a normal grocery cycle either. Of course, I went out. I spent three fifty. Which around here, you know, that's a lot of groceries. I get modest groceries, but that you know that that'll do me for a month. We don't need to be in and out on on top of people and everything else. But you know what? I got I got it in bulk, right? I got two cartons of eggs. I got a couple of uh, liters of, or a couple of two liters of milk, right? I got two loaves of bread. Bunch of canned food. Took enough not to be risking the public and be, but I didn't buy fucking 12 cartons of milk like I saw lots of people doing yesterday. There's families of six, seven, eight, 10, 12, 13. In a place like here in Newfoundland, we got lots of families like that. You know, um, lots of families that they're, their whole backbone and they're over these, you know, they, they, they were guided morally by religion. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm not religious, but you know, when you get a lot of people that in small communities, uh, Catholics, Protestants, for the most part, but well, yeah, you know what I'm saying. A lot of Christians um, over the past few hundred years in these communities would have bigger families. And it was, it was different times. But in Newfoundland, again, we're an island. So a lot of people kept, the, I mean, a lot of people kept those attitudes. We only stopped being denominational school system in the 90s. And that means separated by religion. So like when I grew up, my whole schooling system, um, there were closer schools, but I had to go to the Roman Catholic school, right? I went to Mary Queen of the World, then St. Bonds, or the other way around. And St. Bonds, we wore a suit, tie, all that stuff, but it wasn't a private school. It was just how we did it back then. And um, yeah, it was so religion was a subject. Again, that was just the public. I didn't choose to go to Catholic school. You were Catholic, you had to do it. So, and I'm, you know, there's good and bad to religion and everything else. There, there are good, you know, there's parts of that culture I remember. You would play against other teams in school sports based on their religion. It's, it's crazy to think about um, that it lasted that long. But anyway, what I'm saying, we're a place with some old school values and everything. There's still a lot of families that are big and um, population might be small, but we, you know, we have a lot of uh, being about five, six hundred thousand on the island. Uh, big island, too, but St. John's itself, where I live, well, Mount Pearl, but the outskirts there, our area is about 250. So it, it's about half the island's population is in this city. And, uh, you know, 250, if you're talking Toronto, is not big, but Atlantic Canada, I think it's second biggest, or Halifax is number one. It's either us or Moncton after that. I think it's us, though. But in any case, in any case, we work together here. And those people that were up hoarding, uh, it's just, it's disappointing, especially in a place like Newfoundland where we're supposed to stick together and well, everybody's supposed to, but we got a, we got a reputation for it. I mean, so friendly to others and everything else, we'll fucking wake up and be friendly to ourselves. I was really disheartened. And now, and I'll go to the other side of it. And then I saw someone on Twitter, he says, I own a grocery store. That was his only comment. He says, I own a grocery store, dot, dot, dot. What I see out there, you people are all scumbags. First of all, us people aren't. I know what you're saying, buddy. 
a lot of people hoarded your fucking store. But I'll tell you this. I'm also noticing as I go to the fucking grocery store, what did I notice yesterday at Sobeys, Canadian company? $14.99 for a block of cheese. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Jacking up prices. Should be fucking ashamed. Fucking ashamed. An absolute fucking embarrassment. That's what I think. And there's, it's bringing out the worst and the best. Now, I believe there's more good out there than bad. But for people that are going to be fucking hoarding shelves, and I mean hoarding, get enough to do yourselves for a month. You don't need fucking 30 bags of chips. You don't need, I don't give a fuck who you are. You don't need 12 fucking two liters of milk, you and your husband, or wherever it might be. Of course, you need, you need that if you're, you have a daycare center or something. Uh, but the point's moot because they're probably closed too. But anyway, um, you know, you, you don't need that. And you, if you're a fucking owner of something, rather than jack up the prices, maybe fucking lower them a bit and do people a favor. And I know there are people doing that too. But fuck me, Sobeys. Well, you guys need more money? Motherfuckers. Meanwhile, fucking mom pop stores here on the, on the convenience stores. I go down to Cane's yesterday. Pops Howell. Pops Howell giving people fucking free food. That's a mini grocery store, Canes, down on Duckworth. Well, he's not rolling in it. But these bigger fucking places, Dominion, so go fuck yourselves. Fuck yourselves. $14.99 for a block of fucking cheese. Anyway. Okay. Now, let me press pause. Let me fucking come back and finish this show. Hey, well, normally I said I'm going to tell a story about a song or a band or something, music, because I'm into music as much as I'm into hockey. Um, and by the way, guys, Dylan and Isha, listen to this. Maybe we should call this things Ryan's Rant. If we're not going to have guests, and I've, whatever, I'm pretty much locked into that now. We, we, we might as well go with this format. It's something. So might as well make it consistent. But Ryan's rant might work better than Tales with Tierra now because there's not going to be people on Tom's store. Although Tales with Tierra, you guys know how many people are listening. I don't know. If we're at like absolute minuscule numbers, change it. If people are tuning into Tales with Tierra, I guess technically it is Tales with Tierra. It's not going to be other people's tales. But anyway, <clears throat> I'm moving away from the fucking point again. So you want a music story. I'm going to combine. This is a story that happened to me. Um, being on Building On last week, I explained Semi-Charm Life, what that was about. But it was also about meeting the people, the band members of uh, Everclear, Matchbox 20, and Third Eye Blind. That was cool, too. So this, I'll tell you. So it was 2001, and I was with the Colorado Gold Kings. And... We were playing in San Diego and I was, uh, we went out and we would go, I love that league. It was the West Coast League. Now it's all the East Coast Hockey League. I played for Colorado Springs that year. The next year I'd end up playing for Boise, Idaho Steelheads. Uh, who else was in the league? Bakersfield, uh, Tacoma, Long Beach Ice Dogs, San Diego Gulls, Anchorage Aces. So most of the teams ended up being absorbed by the East Coast Hockey League, which I always found funny how Anchorage, Alaska is in the East Coast Hockey League. But again, I think that's why they changed their name to the ECHL. The acronym remains, 
of the East Coast Hockey League precipitated. Um, anyway, so, yeah, and we had a great coach, Gunner, Kirk Gunner Tomlinson, and he was as laid back as they come. But very, very ferocious when he was on the bench, to be honest, and an ex-tough guy. But we'd go on the road, he'd be like, yeah, you guys go. We, we, we'd practice, schedule practice for like 9 or 10 in the morning um, so we could get out of there and enjoy the California trip. So anyway, me, Lucky Leo, I believe Kevin McKinnon was there, um, Zach Boyer, Todd Gillingham, Jeff Serka, and myself. Now, how do I remember that, you might ask? Well, I remember because I've told this story a thousand times. So it's not like I just remembered that then. I know who was there. There might have been other guys there, but I just, just distinctly remember them there. So anyway, I'm looking over at the bar and I'm seeing, I'm like, boys, that looks like George Thorogood. Now, George Thorogood is a rocker. Um, he's gritty. He's um, His songs, well, Bad to the Bone, I think most people would like, right? That's a typical George, or most people know. Bad to the Bone, he had Move It On Over. One of his big songs was I Drink Alone. Um, yeah, and another one is One Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer. So One Bourbon, One Scotch, One Beer was a huge John Lee Hooker song like 50 or 60 years ago. It was one of those original kind of bluesy songs um, that came way before its uh, successor. So like when he put out I Drink Alone, it was in a different kind. It was the same sort of thing, but he... It was very rocked up. Um, it was very George Thorogood. Like he comes at you all out. He's he's a great guitar player, but there's a bigger production to it kind of thing. Um, but anyway, so that's it. So I drink alone and um, one bourbon, one scotch, one beer amongst others. So I saw him over there. I'm like, I know it's George Thorogood. So then we was so early, we were having brunch or whatever and the paper came out and uh, came over to the table. They passed him around in this particular place we were in. We were on the, uh, it was actually on the, beach on the shoreline of in san diego it's fucking great too like picture the beginning of three's company for those of the old enough when jack they're like roller skating along and uh, you know the beach is on one side and there's restaurants on the other it was just like that and in matter of fact three's company might have been filmed around there i think it was californian but it had to be that or florida or something didn't it because there's palm trees everywhere but uh in any case that that's the thing so the setting and there's beach volleyball going on, and then there's kind of that the roller skating kind of trail, the path. You know, people are biking, roller skating, walking, whatever. And then there's like the strip of bars, outdoors, indoors, whatever. They, they were all kind of had a patio to them. So I'm outside on the patio, but I'm looking inside at the bar, and I'm seeing what I think is George Thorogood. And I love George Thorogood, so I think I'm right. And the boys are like, there's no fucking way. I said, well, we are in California. Like, and why wouldn't he be in San Diego, right? So, but anyway, they convinced me that it's not him. Anyway, okay, fair enough. Because if it is him, I'm going over. So then we opened the paper. First thing, right there, we, and we would always open it up to see what they were saying about the goals. Or you, I, I didn't like reading my press in Montreal, but when you're in the minors, read, go ahead and read it all. It's, it's nice to hear the perspectives. And uh, especially when you're in a place like San Diego, you're like, what, what are they putting in the paper today about the West Coast fucking hockey league, right? Sometimes nothing, sometimes a big spread, whatever. But as, as I'm opening up the sports section, first half of the paper, first top of the page, sorry, half of the page, George Thorogood playing Saturday night. And so I'm like, okay, that's definitely George Thorogood. I'm like, and the boys are still saying it's not. So I'm going, I'm looking at the fucking bar. I thought it was George Thorogood first anyway. And now I'm telling you that he's playing here and we're looking at it. So I said, fuck it. 
I went up. I went up to the bar. I tap him on the shoulder, and of all the things I could have just done, and I literally tap him like I wanted to fight him. Like I tapped him on his shoulder, and he turns around. And the, now what am I going to say? So I just, and I didn't have it, any of the planned. Um, but anyway, I say so. I remember calling him Mr. Thorogood, and he said I could call him George. The rest of the jargon I don't really know, but I remember talking about um, Herman's Hermits, and which is a 60s band, um, some rare cuts. Um, by uh, Commander Cody and his Lost Planet Airmen. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting on really rare stuff that I know he likes because I read some books that he's in with. Not his book, but you, you read enough Rolling Stone magazine and stuff and you can tell who influenced who. So I'm giving him these stories from bands that I knew that he was associated with, at least by knowledge or sometimes by he, he met them or whatever. So I kind of know what I'm doing. And he respects it. So anyway... He says, I'm going to order you a drink. What do you want? So now this is my chance. And I don't want to overdo it because he's there with a couple of people. I won't say who. Maybe he was married at the time. And if he was with a girl, it would have looked bad. I really don't know because this story could get back to him. But um, and not that he just, yeah, I'm not going to say exactly who he was with. There was a few people, though, and um, they looked like they were having fun. So. He says, uh, what do you want? I said, okay, I'll have a bourbon, a scotch, and a beer. Again, one of his songs. And he likes that. He goes, pretty fucking good. Uh, he said, I've heard that before, but not too much. He said, bring, he looks at the waitress and said, bring this gentleman a bourbon, a scotch, and a beer. So anyway, <laughs> the bourbon and scotch and the beer comes over to me right away. And she's got one of those um, uh, cir circular trays, you know, those, those typical... And he takes his drinks off and there's only a bourbon and scotch and a beer left. So I take take it. I take the the, the uh, shot. So I, I believe it was the scotch. So I shoot that now so I can walk away with the bourbon in one hand and the beer in the other. So he's... He likes this, but I, I do the shit. I don't think he expected me to shoot it. Again, three of them were in regular glasses. I just shot the scotch. So now, so I could have two, two hands, basically. So I'm starting to walk away. And I think he was blown away because we had just had this maybe 10, 15-minute great conversation. Someone new, someone different in both of our cases, you know, someone unique. And um, I, th I think we would have kept hitting it off. But again, I, I keep thinking to myself, like, and this was before texting or, or it was like 2001. Really, I had a cell phone, but. There wasn't as many possibilities. I couldn't follow him on Instagram. I knew that this would be it. But the conversation we were having today was, at that moment, was it. So I figured, it's like George Costanza. I said, I'm going to make a great exit. So anyway, like I said, I shot the scotch. I walk away with the bourbon and the beer. And he says, hey, kid, where are you going? I said, hey, George, I'd love to stay, but I drink alone. And with that, he fucking roared. And I said, you know, I went over to the table and the boys agreed. They're like, you can't go back. He ended up staying there for a few more hours, but I'd left it where I wanted to leave it. Had it been today, I probably would have got his digits or his, his, or not his digits, but at least followed him on Instagram and be able to work on the relationship. But anyway, that was it. I drink alone, George. Anyway, that's it. Hope you enjoyed the new format. If you didn't, go fuck yourself. Peace. <laughs>